Shroom for Two, Episode 11, Yes Brainy Yesember. Hello everybody, welcome to Shroom for Two, the Plants vs. Zombies Heroes podcast where Season 7 is about to start. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. Uh, so yeah, we've got, this is the last episode before the ladder resets. Um, you've been at ultimate rank for a while. Um, I'm still at, uh, in a diamond. In fact, I'm going to need to grind out basically all the way through taco in the next week. Do you think you're going to make it? And do you care if you don't? Um, I think if I didn't have anything to do this weekend, I would make it. Um, I'm going to, uh, play in the unstable pre-release this weekend, like the joke magic set that's coming out, which looks hilarious. Oh yeah. I've seen that. That looks really funny. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And, uh, and so that's going to eat up some of my time. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to get into taco. Like I'm, I'm at 38 right now and my, uh, my 10 X hero for this week is, is beta caratina. So I'm just going to jam that, uh, that deck that zoomed me up to ultimate, uh, last time. I have Spadao and I've been playing a, a new shiny tempo Spadao, which is going real well. That's cool. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's what, like two, two more packs that you'd get if I if I got to ultimate instead of uh, taco. I think so. Yeah, they don't they don't actually tell you. It's just a a different shaped pinata that you get, and I think I think you're right about those numbers. I think it's like seven versus five. Yeah, well, I mean, the funny the funny thing is that the the wreath is so big you can like barely even tell what's behind it, and so uh, like. It's it's gonna be barely visible on the on my like ladder badge that I didn't get to ultimate this time, uh, so I guess if I'm uh, if I would have been concerned about it, it would have been uh, like uh, minimally visible. Yeah, it's just that tiny little dot in the middle. But uh, so besides that, um, we uh, both won our second round in the budget tournament, and uh, by the time you hear this show, um, round three might even be over. Uh, the the person running the the budget tournament wants to wants everybody to hustle before set four comes out and it looks looking like set four might be coming out pretty soon. Yeah. But do, we don't think it's going to be with this, with the season changeover, right? Like this, this feels like the, uh, the set three panic a little bit over again. Like we might uh, sure. like that's a tad. Um, I mean, there is, um, I don't, uh, vow, I can't vouch for like the authenticity of this, but there was a giant post on, uh, on the Reddit. Um, I think yesterday, which for us is Tuesday. That was like, a giant list of, of existing cards that will be changing, um, before, uh, like for the, for the next set. And, um, you know, like we don't know if this is the release candidate or if this is just like another internal build that, um, whoever got access to this stuff, uh, was able to see, but, um, it was, it was quite extensive. Yeah. And, uh, just for, for those of you at home who are wondering about cards they have and if they're going to get uh, refunded to full disenchant value, the, the quick list of cards to hold on to are the Somagic Beans, Lily of the Valley, Escape Through Time, Jelly Bean, Sunflower Seed, Quick Draw Con Man, Stompadon, uh, Zombot Gondola, Leprechaun Imp, Medulla Nebula, and of course, Fossil Head. A couple of, couple of really popular slash unpopular names on that, on that nerf list there. Yeah, and, uh, and notably, um, two things that I was I was hoping would would get the axe somehow teleport and teleportation zombie not on the list. I uh again we can't we don't know for sure if this if all of those cards are going to change or if like some extra ones won't. 
Um, but if that is indeed the the release candidate list, then it's looking like they thought that they needed to like tamp down the Zomblob combo a little bit. You know, maybe ratchet back some of the some of the really busted brainy cards, um, and then you know maybe maybe cool their jets on uh, on Dino Roar and Escape Through Time a little bit. I mean, um, I I think Medulla Nebula is on that list of kind of busted brainy cards. Like I'm I'm glad to see that they've tone that down a little bit. I, I wish they would have gotten Zomblob. I'm really excited about Escape Through Time getting getting increased. Like, that That feels very justified. I don't know if they went far enough on Fossil Head. Like, that'll probably still be a really tricky thing to kill. Well, let's let's not preempt our, uh, our analysis of the changes when they come out. Like, I, I don't want to get too deep into the specifics just because, you know, A, we don't know if they're all real, and B these changes will be more or less important when we know what actually is coming out with the set. And so, yeah, I agree generally that, um, they kind of tried to, to tread pretty light on, on changing the existing stuff and hoping that like, you know, just bringing it down a few percentage points would be, would be enough to make it not a problem. That's generally the more dangerous kind of rebalancing because like the designer's worst nightmare is when you change a thing and then it's still too powerful and you have to change it again. Like nobody likes that. Um, and they seem to be, um, willing to believe that Medulla Nebula is like just reducing its power by a little bit is enough to, is enough to make it okay. Whereas if I, if I was in charge, I think I might ban it personally. Um, yeah, I, I, I've thought at times about what a, a, a better text would be for it. And uh, the, the the thing I came up with in my head was, if you have a zombie here at the start of your turn, gain three brains. That way you can only get use of it, you know, once per turn maximum. That would be cool. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so look forward to uh, deep dive on all that nonsense when set four comes out. I got a crazy game story for everybody. I got a, a turn three lethal playing a, a brain freeze pet deck. It was turn one cat lady into fire rooster, which died into another cat lady and a dog walker. And then I played Dolphinado and I hit for 17 on turn three and three on turn two and didn't break their block meter. Wow. That's crazy. Pet decks. They're, they're still kind of a thing. They, they can, they can do that real fast. Yeah. They're allegedly, if that set four change list is to be believed, they're going to get even better. One of the things on that list is that Yeti lunchbox is going to be a pet trick. So like, that's not just plus one plus one to a zombie. That's plus one plus one to a zombie, plus three attack to all your cat ladies, plus one attack to your team if you've got a zookeeper. Pet decks, especially in Brain Freeze, I think are gonna kind of go bananas when Set Four comes out. People have been making noise about a Yeti being like a like a Dino Roar proc because it's pretty cheap and reusable. And now that it has this extra little little pet thing in it, I don't I don't know how much like I, I still think Cosmic Yeti is a better Yeti to improve and I'm I'm coming around on Primeval Yeti really fast, so like the mm. the, the competition in my mind for best Yeti is a very fierce one. I think I would rate them certainly now I would rate them Cosmic Yeti, regular Yeti, Primeval Yeti. I think Primeval Yeti is not that good. I guess it's like it's clearly meant to be the top end of a pet deck, you know, where like it comes in and buffs your team plus two plus two. But just like in practice, what does it cost? Five? Yeah, five. I feel like by turn five, with a with a pet deck that's doing its thing, they're probably they're probably dead already, or at least like they should be on the road to being dead. And uh just playing it as a as a five mana six six by itself is probably not good enough. 
but I think so. So right now it's certainly Cosmic Yeti, Regular Yeti, prim, uh, Primeval Yeti. And then Cryo Yeti. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Cryo Yeti. Um, I think Cryo Yeti's like, okay. Cryo Yeti's actually probably better than Primeval in my mind. But I think that um, if Lunchbox does become a pet trick, then um, then I think Cosmic Yeti and Regular Yeti are going to be pretty much tied. Oh, yeah, and, and have fun conjuring a Lunchbox off of Cosmic Yeti. That'll be real fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, okay, so time for the listener mail segment. Uh, so first thing, something that we forgot to mention last time, that um, listener Elliot, in response to our giant um, discussion of Gatling P, wrote their own uh, giant discussion of Gatling P, which we, we talked about last time, but we forgot to link. Um, and so in the show notes, you'll find a pastebin link um, containing all of listener Elliot's uh, stuff they wrote about Gatling P. Again, if those set four changes do happen, uh, Gatling P is going to get uh, a buff. Um, and so all the stuff that they say about Gatling P um, is only going to be like better. So that um, Gatling P fans, you got something to look forward to there. Yeah, allegedly it'll be going from a four attack, five health to five attack and four health. Yeah, which like clearly like from getting a free bonus attack out of the mix is like way better. Yeah. And uh, okay, so then uh, next in uh, round two of the budget tournament, um, I played against uh, listener Yusen, and uh, we had some very good games. Um, and uh, they were kind enough to send uh, us a copy of the decks they played. Um, and so if um, if you're not playing in this budget tournament and you want to get a picture of what uh, decks with these constraints look like, listener Yusen's decks are uh, going to be in the notes. There's definitely some common themes between uh, the decks that they played and, like, other decks I've seen people playing. Uh, so, you know, you got, like, an aggro solar flare with, like, strike-through stuff and um, apple saucer and, and um, elderberry. Um, and then, you know, um, a science deck uh, featuring, you know, Cosmic Scientist, the guy that comes in and makes all the science zombies do a bonus attack. Generally, this is what, um, this is what solid decks, at least for uh, solar flare and uh, super brains, look like in this you know, uncommon and rare format. The aggro solar flare looks really neat. I've, I didn't expect to see as much boomerang in this deck as I have, but mm. I've, I've been seeing a, a decent amount of it. It's nice to see a, a forgotten card like that pop up again. The science deck is uh, a little, little foreshadowing for, for the show in particular, but we'll, we'll talk more about science later on for sure. But yeah, this is a, a pretty, pretty solid deck. Listener, you send went a little bit bigger than, than I would have expected. You know, there's uh like, the Copter Commando token and um, the spell that makes a Copter Commando and, you know, the, the five-drop uh, science trick zombie, uh, or rather uh, science bonus attack zombie. Um, I think that a lot of the power in, in the common and uncommon formats comes from the small creatures that you can can kind of use to kill them quick. Um, and so there's lots of, like, you know, ninja zombie and and uh, the, the one-mana trick that moves it around to, like, just try to burst your opponent down. And so I think that... Um, a, Fast plant deck would probably get in underneath um, the powerful stuff that this science deck does, um, but like by no means am I going to tell someone not to play a five mana card that does three bonus attacks, you know, for your board full of science zombies. I imagine that some of the larger cards are for when you have Medulla Nebula down and can get something above curve played on turn four. That's legit. Really good space for helicopters of all kinds. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, thank you, listener Yusen, for uh, showing us the decks. Yes, and uh, and thank you for playing Taylor in, in the round and losing so we have more content for the show. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if we both win our, uh, if we both win round three, we'll be playing each other. That'll be pretty sweet, I think. 
Uh, okay, and so um, for our final piece of listener mail this week, um, we have another lightning round from listener Adam. Who's kind enough to send us uh, in another bunch of questions. Um, and uh, so our last lightning round ran a little bit long, so we're only going to do half of this. We'll do the next half probably next week. Um, okay, uh, so Mike, why don't you start? The first card Adam writes about is Tanklosaurus, the crazy legendary from Colossal Fossils. It's a four mana, two six. And it says, whenever you draw a card, deal two damage to a random enemy, so it can hit creatures or it can hit face. Or if you play Infinity, it can kill everything it hits immediately. Like throwing a barrel of barrels on this thing or putting it in laser base alpha or combining it with the superpower that makes everything deadly. This thing is a wonderful high-end card. Infinity is awesome right now. I played a bunch of it during No Brainy November. It... I've tried to have it work in Professor Brainstorm as well, but it's, like, Brainstorm is already good in so many ways, this doesn't stand out as much, whereas with Infinity, it can make your deck, like, it, it is, you know, the big centerpiece for that kind of deck. What do you think about it, Taylor? Um, I think you're right on the money in that uh, the best thing to do with it is probably put a barrel of barrels on it. Um, I think uh, relative to the other uh, legendary zombie dinos, it's probably in the middle Right now, uh, Stompadon is obviously number one. Uh, Tankalosaurus is, I think, number two. And then uh, Mondo Bronto is number three. Because uh, Mondo Bronto kills stuff in its own lane, um, but Tankalosaurus can get you many more uh, cards worth of value, especially if you're doing that deadly business. And so I think that um, for board control, it has like, it as. It's it's probably one of the best board control creatures around. Um, like a, sticking a Tankalosaurus and making it survive, whether you're one hit killing things with barrel of barrels, or you know casting like pot of gold, or or even a fun dead razor just to draw two and deal two to two things. That's like that's quite a good amount of value for a creature that already has pretty good stats. Or unexpected gifts, and you can hit three times. Ha, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Dino Roar is very strong, and. Uh, and uh, this is a very good payoff, um, and it's you're not really like you're not paying too much for it, um, and uh, the value that you get from it is like immediate damage on the board right away. Um, so that's that's very good. Uh, so the next card in the lightning round is Shield Crusher Viking. Uh, this is a brainy legendary. It's a mustache pirate zombie. It's a five mana six five with bullseye, and it says when this hurts the plant hero, empty their block meter. So I think that. Um, the best way to think about this card is to just pretend that it doesn't have that ability. It's just a 5-mana 6-5 with Bullseye. And I think a 5-mana 6-5 with Bullseye is quite strong, but that um, because its power doesn't affect the board, it really is... It's a payoff for a deck that has a game plan. You know, your deck's game plan should involve clearing a path for Shield Crusher Viking and then playing Shield Crusher Viking and maybe doing a bonus attack with it or something. Because um, I think, again, even if it didn't have that empty their block meter power, dealing six bullseye damage to their face um, is probably enough to win you the game. Like, you know, that's probably going to prevent their block meter from going off uh, one time just by, like, causing you to be that much closer to killing them. And the fact that it actually, like, kind of prevents their block meter from going off two times because it, you know kills them quick, and it empties what they've got already. It's not going to take a game over just because it can just die, but that um, for a deck that either wants to ramp or who, you know, wants to play strong removal to clear a path, um, Shield Crusher Viking is a good payoff. Shield Crusher will always have a special spot in my heart because it was the first legendary that I ever got five of. 
So the, the first time I ever opened up a, a duplicate legendary, it was it was that nice little shield crusher there. I don't use this card that much. Like I I prefer Kitchen Sink Zombie a lot as far as like a high end finisher with Bullseye to put in a deck. Like this works really well if you have something with Strike Through or Frenzy. Like playing this with in huge Galacticus with like Laser Base or the Ice Frozen environment works yeah, really nicely. You you almost have to teleport it in because if you play this the plant is going to throw something in front of it to block. And it's real cool when you get it out of Plankwalker. Like it, it, that, you, ah, always feel, yes. you always feel happy that way. And the, the last one for this time is the wannabe hero, the seven mana hardy gargantuar, which is a six attack and then however much health you have plus one health creature with frenzy. So if you play it at full health, it becomes a six twenty one, which, uh, not every hero has a way to deal with that. It like, might as well just be like a six infinity. Yeah, I I just got my first one last month. Certain hero like Captain Combustible cannot do anything about a wannabe hero. Oh, like yeah. there there are all kinds of decks out there where this will just shut you down entirely. It's basically impossible to kill it with damage. You need like a sham rocket or something, um, or like a doom shroom, or like a tra- and, or um, like a transform superpower. Yeah, like there's. You you need you need spot removal to deal with it and like and so it happens to be in the same class and tribe as um as defensive end and so um this is definitely a a gargantuar for slamming for slamming the door in a gargologist deck. Let's say you're um you're rust bolt and you're you're ramping with gargologist and so you know you've got the extra brains and you play your your giant wannabe hero, and then you kill them quite kill them right away, or your uh, your Z mech, and you're you know going like turn two gargologist, three four five all gargantuars, um you know like smashing gargantuar uh, defensive end wannabe hero. It's like pretty hard to have a better curve than that. This is the top end I think of a gargantuar deck. Like that's that's basically like there are, there are a number of like you know big fat gargantuars that can be the fattest thing in your deck. Um, and I think that this is like, this is basically just a five or a, a six power gargantuar with frenzy. That's like indestructible. Yeah. You almost never get a hardy hero down to low enough health where it, you know, comes out as like a six, three or whatever, you know, they have so many different ways of healing themselves and also things like, uh, like a gladiator to help from, to keep them from taking damage, it almost always comes out as like a like a six twelve. Yeah, and and I mean frenzy just means that like chump blocking isn't profitable. So um, so yeah, it's like, it's it's probably the gargantuar besides defensive end that I that I least like to see. Like when I see that, I'm just like, oh, I guess I lose now. But uh, so thank you, listener Adam, for the lightning round, and we'll do the next half of it next week. Yes, thank you. For our card of the week, we have another old weekly event card and a personal favorite of mine, the Pear Cub. It is a 3-mana, 1-1 fruit animal plant, which that's always real fun to say. It's a it's a guardian card, and when it dies, it summons a 5-4 grizzly pear, and this, this is a wonderful card. And they card. both have amphibious. Right, yes, yeah, very important. This is a great card. This is one of the best event cards they've ever made. Even Definitely. back before things like Galactic Cactus and Fireweed, this was still really awesome, and 
I'm glad it's back again so that players can can have a chance to get it. This is a, a strong role filler for a very fun archetype, and um, it just does a lot of good card game stuff. You know, like creatures that leave behind creatures after they die are resilient against sweepers. Uh, they're good chump blockers. They're good at blocking aggressive, you know, X1s that try to chip in for damage. Um, so, you know, if they're playing the um, the mermaid imp or, you know, um, trying to do, like, ninja zombie stuff, this trades and makes a bigger creature behind. Yeah. When this first came out, Disco Zombie was a really popular turn three play, and not anymore. Because you just throw this right in front of the Disco Zombie, you say oh, hi yeah. to the backup dancer, and then you have a grizzly pair. It's so great. It flips the board for you so well. It makes wonderful trades. It can also work as like a like a two time chump blocker, providing they don't have frenzy, which is can be can be pretty clutch. Yeah, if they do have frenzy, you the it'll attack the 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 grizzly pair it leaves behind, and the grizzly pair won't get to do anything. So if you if you block a thing with frenzy, it's kind of a blowout. Um, but um, but that's like basically the only bad thing I have to say about this card. Um, if you want to hear us gush about this card, you can listen to basically any other episode um, because, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of beta carotene decks and so on on here, and um, Pear Cub is in pretty much all of them. And um, I would, however, caution people not to blow a ton of gems on this um, because Set 4 is coming out probably sometime in the next few weeks. It's probably, like, higher value for you to spend uh, those gems on packs of Set 4 rather than, like, you know, juicing your uh, your ticket meter for this, but um, getting as many pair cubs as you can, um, I think, is the right way to go. Also, uh, speaking of set four, the the adult pair cub will become a card of its own when set four is released. Yeah, that's right. It'll be like a five mana five four. Yeah, not, just like uncommon guardian creature. Not nearly as good. The get 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 it in its in its young in form because that that extra little body in there makes a world of difference. We've got a new segment for, for all of you out there. One other thing that happened that we haven't pointed out yet is that No Brainy November is over now. So I'm back to playing Brainy decks, and uh, congratulations to everybody who went through that challenge along with me. And I, I hope you enjoy playing your uh, 40 different copies of cards Rust Bolt decks like I did. That was the first thing I went to. Oh, just a Rust Bolt Singleton? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's a pretty fun control, control deck, but that's not what we're talking about right now. As as longtime listeners might know, we've answered questions before about doing breakdowns about individual classes of cards, and we're going to embark on a exciting 10-episode journey going through each of the BBZ Heroes card classes. And we're starting with Brainy, because now that No Brainy November is over, it's now Yes Brainy December. Yeah, and it's I I think pretty pretty undisputedly um, the best of the five zombie classes. Yeah, and also after going so long without playing with them, you you take a harder look and see what you've missed over all this time. And there, there's a lot going on here. Like the the brainy class has a lot of really strong things tied with it. One of the things that um, the guy who invented, who the, the Richard Garfield, the creator of magic, is credited with coming up with is a concept called the color pie, um, where s- different um, kind of groups of cards in your game have things that only they can do. Um, that that like is a is a strong uh, deck building tool, and it's a way for of 
teaching players what's valuable when you realize that this one class like kind of lacks the ability to do certain stuff and it needs support from another one. Um, and so I think in this class warfare segment, one of the big things we're going to talk about is what can this class do that only it can do and what can this class not do? So Brainy, for example, its biggest shtick is making extra brains. So it's got cards like Cryobrain, uh, Brain Vendor, uh, Medulla Nebula, and of course Zomblob as the payoff as cards that make extra brains and allow you to do more on a single turn than you otherwise could do. Yeah, it also, very core in, is drawing cards. So things like Ben Franklin Zombie or Gifting Zombie or that two-mana draw two cards trick. There's a lot of extra ways to, to build your hand up with a whole bunch of cards, which you can play even more of them with those extra brains. Uh, so you end up with the the most powerful spells that all they do is draw cards are in Brainy. Um, so you've got Thinking Cap and uh, Triplication, I think, are the, the poster children for that. One of the things that that facilitates is um, Brainy is the combo class. So um, you have cards like Trickster, which wants you to chain together a whole bunch of spells. You have cards like Bad Moon Rising that want you to play a bunch of weenies and then cast your giant uh, transformation spell that, that wins you the game. And um, you've got cards like, on the low end, you've got cards like Gadget Scientist, where that says, fill the board with science zombies and then do a big thing all at once. And of course, Zomblob. I mean, we don't even really need to talk about how good that is. Um, that's like pretty much the ultimate combo. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bonus attack synergy going on in Brainy between the Lurch for Lunch trick and the Electrician, as well as uh, the new legendary Mime Gargantuar doing a bunch of extra bonus attacks, as well as the the Neutron Imp, which works really well with the the tiny environments of huge Giganticus in specific. Yeah, so that's um, another another magic term that designers use is things being primary or secondary in in a class, and so bonus attacks are certainly primary in Brainy. All these things we've mentioned are primary in Brainy. There are things that um, that Brainy kind of gets less of than other classes, but um, are otherwise uh, they're still good at. And so and a good example of that is removal. Um, so Brainy doesn't have the best removal spells in the game, but Brainy certainly has its fair share of strong ones. So it's got like Rocket Science, uh, Lurch for Lunch, I think counts in that way. Yeah, bo- um, bonus attacks and one really, really good removal trick. That's pretty much all it has for removal. It's like Rock- Rocket Science is one of the, it is a meta shaping card. You know, like it, it, it is a, the most common answer for a lot of really big plants out there. Um, yeah, so let's talk about what Brainy doesn't have. So Brainy doesn't have access to Deadly. Deadly is a uh, very powerful uh, zombie keyword that Brainy cards don't get to have. It doesn't have Amphibious either, so it doesn't have any kind of cards you can put in the water lane. Right, and there are plenty of tribes it doesn't have, so you don't really have pets. Um, you don't have dancing. Um, and like so there are a lot of, of tribal synergies that um, like you're kind of isolated to just Brainy's tribes. Um, science is one of the most heavily supported tribes, so that's that's not exactly a problem. You've also got Gourmet um, is kind of secondary in Brainy. But um, honestly, tribal stuff is, I think, kind of less important than Trick Synergy, um, which like Brainy is, as we mentioned with Trickster and stuff, is like definitely the Trick class. So you've got, um, you've got uh, like Trick or Treater and Mad Chemist and uh, Thinking Cap, like we said, um, you know, cards that want you to just like play a lot in the tricks phase. I will also teleport. I can't believe we've gone so long without mentioning teleport. Yeah, I was, I was, um, one, I was wondering when you were going to get around to that part. But, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, Brainy. Um, Brainy is the class that lets you flash zombies in during the tricks phase. So that comes from either teleport or teleportation zombie, both of which I've mentioned over and over and over again. I think are like kind of a scourge on the game, um, but that um, you know teleport just kind of like fits right in with everything that Brainy wants to do. Makes your uh, trickster cheaper, lets you play the trickster in the tricks phase, and 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 ultimately it's a one mana spell that draws a card, so the opportunity cost of playing is very low. Um, that's that's one of the things that makes uh, Brainy uh, so great as a class is that the cards either that make you extra brains or the cards that draw you cards um, are very very consistent in how good they are and uh, and pretty good even when they're at their worst. Um, so you know if you're playing a Bad Moon Rising deck and you're playing Cell Phone Zombie as you know just kind of a a crappy little creature to trigger your Medulla Nebulas and to draw you one card closer to your uh, Bad Moon Rising, even if you have to just play it as a chump blocker, it's a chump blocker that draws you a card, and that's like half of what makes Cosmic Bean so great. Um, and so even when Cell Phone Zombie is crappy, Cell Phone Zombie is still pretty good. One other trait that is primarily brainy at this point, though I don't think entirely anymore, is Bullseye. And that also yes. kind of works thematically in with the idea of like science and, and all of that, where there's a handful of... There, there's only a small number of Bullseye cards for the zombie side and most of them are brainy and you know th- things like a uh, zomblob and uh, shield crusher as you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier and you know it's like oh boy it's one more thing that they're great at so like in addition to being able to flash in these huge monsters that can also do extra damage without you know, building up the block meter uh yeah and so um i think the last thing that i wanted to mention as far as brainy goes is environments so Brainy does not have the most environments. I think um, environments, by and large, are a sneaky and hardy, like primary. Brainy's kind of secondary in environments, um, but the environments that it does have are are some of the best ones. It's uh, it's got uh, Medulla Nebula, which you know is just all over the place, um, and Transformation Station is is a really interesting kind of build around me, where like. Like you want to play it and then protect it because if you can protect it, you can like kind of ride it to victory. Um, and yeah, and of course, uh, huge Giganticus has a, pl- a bunch of environments as superpowers. Yeah. Transmogrifying zombies into bigger, stronger ones are is also kind of a brainy thing when you have things like interdimensional zombie and evolutionary leap and transformation station. Like all of those try to grow into larger, higher cost zombies. And then you've got uh, also Portal Technician, kind of similarly, which yeah. which drops a random zombie when it dies. Like, the the one-sentence description of Brainy is that it it does all the best stuff and gets basically the best versions of everything. Um, and so um, Magic players might think about how people complain about blue cards, like just being so good and, and blue the blue versions of everything are the best. Um, kind of the Brainy versions of of all the most pushed effects um, are are the strongest. So even though Brainy, for example, doesn't ten, doesn't tend to get armor, um, it's got Kitchen Sink Zombie, which is one of the best things to do about that. Yeah, why does Brainy get Kitchen Sink Zombie to begin with? I I feel like there's a little bit of internal bias towards Brainy Zombie cards because zombies and brains are so heavily interconnected. Like that is yeah. one of the first words you think of when you think of zombie being brains. So that it feels like the uh, the default card color might be Brainy for some of the developers. Yeah, I honestly, uh, surprisingly, I had not thought of that until you said that just now. I think that you're probably pretty close with that. I think um, 
brainy, just like you start out playing as um, as super brains in in this game, and um, you know, uh, like mage has always been a very strong class in Hearthstone, and that's your first Hearthstone class. You want new players to be able to be like, wow, this is an awesome thing that I get to do. You know, even when that awesome thing that you get to do is to play beam me up and create a two three in the tricks phase and like eat their sunflower that they thought was going to survive. Um, you know, that's like, that's like a fun thing to do. Um, and like brainy kind of is at the forefront of that. Hey, look, this is fun. Uh, like kind of quest you're on, like kind of all throughout the power and skill levels of the game. And so like when you're like, okay, I know how all the rules work and I want to do a bunch of crazy combo stuff. Well, you go to brainy to do that. And it's like, Oh, um, I want to, I want to slam a big giant creature to do big, awesome stuff. You know, you'd think that beastly would be the class you'd go to given that beastly has like kind of the giantest stuff, but really kind of the best thing to do when you go big in this game is to play bad moon rising. Brainy could do with some of these cards being a, a different class altogether. Like I would not mind bad moon rising getting changed into a, into a beastly card or something like that, or having kitchen sink turn into a crazy card. Like there's yeah, there's still think... a lot going on with brainy cards. Like like the fact that brainy will always have trickster decks is is yeah. nothing to scoff at. And science decks are also really good. Like Mad Scientist is really interesting because it can win you a game during a phase of the turns where you're not used to winning. Like you can get in that extra cheat helicopter attack before the plant player has a chance to retaliate, and that'll be enough to win you the game sometimes. So we talk about Brainy not having access to individual stuff. In reality, you're playing Brainy plus some other class, so you really do have access to that other version. You do have access to those mechanics, like, if you really want to get them. Um, and so, like, one of the things Brainy skimps on, for example, is Gargantuars. Um, so you've got, like, Wizard Gargantuar, Mime Gargantuar, but if you really want to, like, take advantage of all your ramp to play your big giant stuff, you got to go to, like, Crazy or Hardy or something. And that's a good thing, I think. But, you know, when when your support class has, like, Teleport, Medulla Nebula, um, that sort of thing, um, kind of whatever you pair it with is going to fire on all cylinders. And so, you know, that, that shows why Rustbolt has, you know, been one of the best heroes for the whole entire course of the game. And... You know, provided that all those cards still exist, I don't really see that changing. Um, okay, so the um, the next thing we're going to say about each class is um, what cards to craft as a new player. It is pretty expensive to craft uh, the good stuff in this game, so um, we're each going to give a pick for a super rare, an event card, and a legendary um, for for players that don't have a ton of sparks to spend their sparks on. So my super rare um, is Portal Technician. Um, it's from the from the base premium set, five mana four four. When destroyed, make a random zombie here. Um, so this is just um, it's very good at playing to the board. You know, like five mana four four is okay. Probably going to trade with a thing, um, and then chances are you're going to get a decently good card out of it, um, and you might just get a crazy one. You know, it's cool for new players to see cards they don't have, um, and it's just like it's very strong. Yeah, my super rare is Rocket Science, the three-mana trick that is destroy a plant that has four attack or more. There's so many big plants in this game, and just being able to toss this at, at whatever big creature you're up against is a huge relief and a worst nightmare for your plant hero. It's such a good, reliable, solid... like it's You run into plenty of chances to use it, and you won't regret it. 
Absolutely. My event card is uh, Trick or Treater. It's a three mana two three. Uh, it says when you play your first trick each turn, conjure a treat. Uh, the treats, of course, either being one mana plus one plus three uh, or two mana plus three plus one. And uh, this card is absolutely bananas. It goes into like a, you know, uh, go deep on spells kind of deck, but it's good enough that if it's your only thing that wants you to play lots of spells, it's good enough on its own. It causes all your creatures to suddenly win their combat. It means um, building up the sugary treats uh, means that like any unblocked creature can suddenly get in for nine. You know, um, it's it's just um, it's kind of a card advantage machine that protects itself. Um, you know, giving it a healthy treat gives become, makes it a three six, and three six is an extremely strong set of stats. Um, and so I think that um, as a build around me, it's very solid and it's very safe. Lots of other classes have good tricks that uh, that go well with it. Um, and uh, so yeah, if you're a new player looking to craft a brainy event card, I would pick Trick or Treater. My pick for an event card is the Kitchen Sink Zombie, which is the 6-mana 3-6 with a whole bunch of different keywords. It's got Bullseye, Frenzy, Overshoot 2, Antihero 3, and an armor. It costs 2,000 sparks, which is really unfortunate, So, but uh, I think it's the best event card that zombies have available for them because it is such a good late-game card. It, if you play this down, there are only a small number of cards in the game that can deal with this in any kind of quick way the bullseye damage is huge you'll get mm-hmm. to six mana so easy playing a brainy class i i, I love playing this as a uh, a payoff for a medulla nebula turn yeah it just it closes out the game so fast it's like the the zombie acroma you know just like every keyword and yeah i love me some kitchen sing zombie uh all right and so for uh for legendaries, uh, for for players to craft um, in the Brainy class, uh, this was basically the easiest question ever. Um, my pick is Trickster, uh, the 10 mana 6-6 six, six, that when it comes in it deals a bonus attack, uh, but while it's in your hand, every time you play a trick, it gets its cost reduced by 1. So with this, you know, you want to cast Superpowers, you want to cast Cryobrain to get more mana, um, you want to just, like, draw your cards and play your spells, and then suddenly you end up with this awesome way to close the game out um, that's, like, super cheap, and maybe you can even flash it in. Yeah, uh, flashing it in with my legendary choice, the Teleport, the the one-mana trick that uh, that says you may play a zombie when it's time for Trix's turn and draw a card. It is a wonderful little card, and it used to be a super rare, and, you know, my, my thoughts go out to all the players out there who didn't get a full set of them when they were super rares because... It's really important, and as we've talked about a few times on this show, teleporting zombies in is such a big, huge, borderline unfair, unfair advantage. And this one little extra trick is, uh, is is really nice for doing all that, and it works wonderfully with uh, trickster decks. Yeah, you basically get to play a 36-card deck and play your zombies in the tricks phase and power up your trickster, so like, you just can't do any better than that. But yeah, so that's the Brainy class. Um, we're going to do one of these a week. Don't think they'll be adding any new classes anytime soon. Uh, yeah, let us know um, if there's anything else about the classes that you want to uh, hear us say. But uh, otherwise, uh, now that we're able to play uh, Brainy cards again, you'll probably see us on the ladder, you know, doing some Rust Bolt shenanigans. Yeah, we've also put together a handful of Brainy card-only decks for, for you to see in the show notes. 
Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think that we're going to be doing this for every class. This is more of a political statement than anything else. Um, you know, I I think that um, you know, like forty sneaky card uh, super brains is is way less good than like uh, forty brainy card rust bolt. But um, I, this is just to say that um, there are so many totally bananas cards in the brainy class that you can build a legitimately excellent deck using only cards from brainy. Um, I think my favorite brain hero is HG. Because of because of his crazy superpower that makes everything cheap? Uh yeah. I mean it's it's like the the reason that I like beta caratina more than um than Citron is that superpowers are much higher power and much more generically good. I I don't know. I'm I'm so mad at all of them. Uh I think my favorite yeah. one is also HG because I like having all the extra environments at my disposal. And sneaky cards yeah. are also really good. Uh, well, I guess uh, second place, if I had to rank them, would probably be Professor Brainstorm. Um, Professor Brainstorm is best at doing uh, Bad Mood Rising, I think, and um, the the super, the the ultimate superpower that just draws you three um, is just like you know. Ooh, ooh! I thought of a weakness of the Brainy class. Ooh, what's your weakness of the Brainy class? Sometimes they draw too many cards and their hand gets full. That's true. You can totally have that happen. But uh, having having a bunch of cards in hand is usually a good problem to have. It's like going for a job interview. What's your biggest weakness? Like, oh, well, my biggest weakness is that I just work too hard and get my work done too fast. And I teleport in zombies when it's time for tricks. Yeah. My biggest weakness is that sometimes my opponents think that I'm not really going to play anything because I just pass with all my mana up, you know, instead of playing any creatures. So they're like, oh, man, I get to just do whatever I want. And then, no, like, you know, I guess I guess I just um, I really kind of pull a fast one on them. And that just makes me feel bad inside. Failure to commit to the playing zombies phase. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got for this time on Shroom for Two. Be sure to check out shroomfor2.com for all of our episodes and all of our, our deck lists. And if you want to send in listener mail, send it to shroomfor2podcast at gmail.com because we love doing listener mail, we love doing lightning rounds, we love looking at your decks and telling you what we think. We like interacting with our, our listeners, and it's been really fun doing this and growing this show from the little thing it was a couple months ago to this now like fixture of the pvc heroes community almost yeah i mean we're this is our 11th episode and um we both just kind of started this on a whim you know i think that uh the planning time between hey should we do a podcast to first episode was like like a week maybe less than a week yeah it's um it's been a blast doing it i don't plan on stopping anytime soon we got the new set coming out um yeah, and we, we, we just uh, started a 10-episode a commitment of class breakdowns, so we've got to at least see those through. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to give us plenty of stuff to say. Um, I mean, you know, like, some, uh, I'm sure there will be good brainy cards in set four that we that we didn't get to mention on this show, um, but I think that um, generally the the kind of the contours of the brainy class are going to, are going to stay the same, you know, um, like maybe it'll get access to like, maybe it gets a deadly card or something, but um, otherwise, you know, uh, good card games, which PVZ heroes is certainly a very good card game. Um, know that a well-defined color pie is, um, is a, one of those keys to success. Um, and so I think that um, understanding what makes the different classes tick is, a, is going to be a good leg up on growing your deck building skills. Uh, and, uh, Tune in next time as we grow our podcast skills. This has been Shroom for Two, and I'm Mike.
And I'm Taylor. I'll talk to you next week. So I like I spilled uh, boiling water on my hand earlier when I was making tea. I've got this like red mark on my hand that's kind of shaped like the Nickelodeon logo <laughs> because like, you know, the water landed on a spot and then it like ran off in like three lines. And so it's like it's like I have a Nickelodeon tattoo on my hand. Nickelodeon tattoos are better in the 90s.